Hello, welcome to Temple Talk. Before we begin, I need to mention a few things. Firstly, I am not an official representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor am I sponsored by them. I'm doing this on my own time and on my own dime. Secondly, every resource I use to create each episode are all publicly available material approved by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I will always include links in each episode description. Lastly, if you'd like to learn more about our beliefs regarding the temple and all things, I will also include a link to the website churchofjesuschrist.org in the episode description. Thanks for tuning in, and now for the Hello, welcome to Temple Talk. Before we begin, I need to mention a few things. Firstly, I am not an official representative of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor am I sponsored by them. I'm doing this on my own time and on my own dime. Secondly, every resource I use to create each episode are all publicly available material approved by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I will always include links in each episode description. Lastly, if you'd like to learn more about our beliefs regarding the temple and all things, I will also include a link to the website churchofjesuschrist.org in the episode description. Thanks for tuning in, and now for the episode. Hello, welcome to Temple Talk. My name is Camille. I will be your Temple Talker, and I have a special guest Temple Talker with me today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Paula, and I'm happy to be here to talk about the Temple during Phase 2. During uh, the COVID lockdown in 2020, the temples had very specific phases of reopening uh, slowly and safely with a lot of the guidelines and restrictions. Phase one was basically living ceilings only. So couples that were going to be sealed for time and all eternity in marriage were able to come by appointment and just a very few select members of friends or family were able to be there very few temple workers as well. I know the temple president, the matron, people in the temple presidency and their wives were able to be there to help out with that. Phase two, which is when Paula and I got to serve, was really for living ordinances, which included endowments as well. And they had to be, you know, spaced apart in terms of seating. It was by appointment only. And someone had to be receiving their endowment uh, to be able to go. And uh, the friends and family could be there to support them, but limited numbers. Then there was phase 2B, which included baptisms that were there, uh, proxy baptisms. So the baptistry was open for small groups, and they were trying to encourage youth to come by appointment to do baptisms and confirmations. Phase 3 was when all of the ordinances of the temple were allowed and available, but you had to be wearing a mask and by appointment only. And again, limited numbers of people that could be there. And then phase 4 was pretty much returning to normal operations. They had an appointment system in place, and It started out that you really couldn't do any work in the temple without an appointment. That has eased up a little bit, although I would say that the appointments is the standard now of temple work. But if you're able to just come and want to do any ordinances, we definitely accommodate all of them who are able to do that. So that's kind of how the temple reopened slowly from a limited capacity all the way back to normal operations. Yeah, uh, Paula and I got to serve together in the Houston Temple, and I thought this would be a fun little insight into what it was like. Not a lot of people really got to serve during phase two. It was very limited capacity, and uh, there was, you know, we only had about two sisters on each shift uh, outside of the temple president and the matron, and then two brothers per shift. So it was a really unique time, and I don't know if we'll be serving like it again anytime soon. I hope not, but I just thought we'd kind of share some of our, our insights towards that. 
and uh, feel free to interject anything you want, Paula. Okay, so, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, first thing I kind of want to talk about is what your call was like serving during phase two. Do you remember getting that call? Do you remember any feelings that you had about it in particular? I think they tried to call the younger uh, temple workers to serve during phase two so that we wouldn't put older temple workers at risk to catching COVID. So I believe they asked the younger people to do it. And since Fred and I were still considered younger, we uh, were asked (laughs) to help serve. And so we were happy to do, to do so. Like you said, we weren't able to go to the temple um, for ourselves. And so it was nice to still be able to serve there. Absolutely. Plus you're also a bit of a temple expert, you and your husband. Do you mind if I ask how long you've been serving in the temple? Uh, we served in the temple for over five years. Um, we got called on a mission to go to Japan. And so uh, we were preparing actually for our mission during that phase two. That's so awesome. I actually, my call was a little bit of an answer to prayers. I remember very clearly September of 2020, uh, my birthday was coming up and I had two birthday wishes uh, for the Lord, but also just in my life. I really wanted to be released as the Relief Society president of the Singles Ward because I had done it for two years and I was burned out. (laughs) And also, I really wanted to serve in the temple again. And I didn't see how either of those were going to happen anytime soon. And on my birthday, the bishop called me in and said, hey, we're ready to release you. We have have the next Relief Society president all lined up. So this will be your last week. So birthday wish number one, that was great. And uh, <laughs> I was very happy. I was very relieved. And then that same evening on my birthday, I got a call from our temple president and he said, hey, we're opening up for operations for phase two. And we would love if you would come and be a temple worker on Saturdays in the limited capacity. And so second birthday wish came true same day. It was really exciting. And I do remember they asked me, they said, are you a little bit worried about if you do serve in the temple? Are you worried about germs, anything like that? And I said, I am a dental hygienist. I work in mouths for a living. I'm fine. (laughs) Like if I'm going to get sick, it's from that. (laughs) It's not serving (laughs) in the temple. (laughs) So that worked out. But yeah, it was just, it was actually like a dream come true. It was my wish to get to serve in the temple again. So it was exciting. And then when I found out I got to serve with you and your husband, I was even more delighted. That was really exciting for me. So yeah, that was, it was really unique. Do you have any experiences that you kind of want to share? I guess we should, before we get into that, uh, phase two during COVID was people that were coming to receive their own endowment with appointments and they could bring a certain number of people with them. And then life ceilings were also operating during that phase. So you couldn't do any proxy work in the temple unless you were with someone who was receiving their own ordinances. And, uh, Is there anything else with that? Uh, Yeah, I think the temple presidency was trying to make it so that people wouldn't catch any germs from each other. So they really asked us to stay out of sight. So we would serve in the capacity that we needed to serve, but then we had to promptly, you know, go somewhere else. So a lot of times we would go into the temple worker, ordinance worker room uh, where we would have devotionals and we would just sit and wait until our next assignment to to serve. So they they were trying to make it so that the patrons that were coming to the temple interact with the ordinance workers as little as possible because of COVID and not spreading the disease. Absolutely. I remember they had hand sanitizer everywhere. We had to wear a mask. That was mandatory, which luckily for us, uh, I, as I work in healthcare, that was not too big of an adjustment for me. 
to be honest, I kind of missed having the masks because when we started back in phase three and then phase four, um, a lot of temple workers have periodontal disease breath because they're elderly. And I kind of miss the mask, to be honest. <laughs> the temple <laughs> didn't smell as good anymore. <laughs> uh, I love my elderly workers. They're great. But yeah, that was, that was a rough adjustment. But um, yeah, we had to we had to leave our lockers open. So the cleaning crew knew which lockers to wipe down inside and out. Uh, we had the hand sanitizer stations in the endowment rooms, which was a little distracting because they were kind of noisy and you'd have to sanitize before any contact of any kind. Uh, but yeah, they were very careful about this is you show up early, you show up here and kind of stay out of the patron's way. That was a good way of explaining that. Yeah. So when we would because we were preparing to go on a mission um, and there was downtime where we actually weren't doing anything, um, we would go into that uh, instruction room and we would practice Japanese because we were going to Japan on a mission. And so my husband would, and I would go in there and we would speak Japanese to each other uh, while we were there. And of course my Japanese was especially at that point was super limited, but he was very patient and would ask me questions in Japanese and I would try to answer him in Japanese. So that's what we did on the downtime when we weren't actually uh, helping the patrons. That's why I can never understand you. That makes more sense. No, I got you. <laughs> That's why. Uh, I actually kind of have a funny story about, about serving during this time, too. They would only unlock the front doors for temple workers for a very limited amount of time. So you really had to be on time. And I overslept my alarm by maybe five minutes. And I got to the temple about five minutes after they had locked the doors. And it was cold outside, which is usually not cold outside in Texas. And I'm a Colorado girl. I'm tough. I was like, oh, I don't need a jacket. I don't need a coat. I'll just walk straight to the temple. But it was locked. And I sat there and pushed the the wheelchair button to make the doors open and close uh, on the inside so many times to try to get someone's attention. And I think y'all had your devotional and the temple training. And it was probably about 40 minutes. And I was outside shivering so hard. And the moment came to my mind, oh my gosh, this is the parable of the 10 virgins. And this is, <laughs> I can't get into the Lord's house. I wasn't prepared <laughs> five minutes. I, I actually remember that day. And it you? Was, yeah. And we were like, where's Camille? She's always here. Where is she? <laughs> I, was, I was freezing outside. I was like, please, Lord. And, oh, it took him forever to notice me. So yeah, it was a, that was, I've never been late for temple service after that. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't be the parable of the ten virgins. Don't be on the bad side of that. So uh, it's not worth it. A little bit of weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth there. Well, not gnashing of teeth because as a hygienist, I really don't condone that. But um, yeah, that that didn't really get to happen too much. But it was really neat. I remember our training meetings with the temple presidents uh, and the temple presidency members were very very one on one. Pretty much, we really got to chat about things. Normally, there's more of a formal structure for temple workers as we come in. They have a, a set topic that we're discussing that day. But something I, I remember thinking was really neat is that we would review the names of the patrons that were coming for their own endowment or for sealing. And we really got to talk about these individuals and to learn more about them. I thought that was pretty cool. Not, not that we got a lot of information, but we were we were prepared to receive them by name. And I thought that was something we don't get to do normally. I liked that a lot. Yeah, um, I had a I had a really great experience in that during that time um, yeah. I was assigned to go into the celestial room which is the room where people come after their endowment and they have quiet time to pray to the Lord and to 
contemplate the things that they've been learning and um, and to just meditate and think. And so I had been assigned to go into that room. Uh, they always had someone at the door to open and close the door. And so I had been assigned to stand by the door. And I was in the, t- the celestial room about five minutes before the people from the ordinance room were coming in. And I thought, I'm not wasting this time. <laughs> so I, I started to pray to the Lord, you know, and just kind of pour out my soul. And I was super grateful. I had a heart of gratitude. And I was just like, so grateful that he had helped me prepare to go on my mission, that we had been able to sell our house, figure out what to do with our cars, figure out our financial situation. It was quite a process to prepare for this mission. And I felt like the Lord had his hand in us helping to prepare. We sold our house before it even went on the market. And I got the price that we were asking for. And um, I just felt like the Lord just kind of helped us through the whole thing. And I was just expressing gratitude for all of the blessings that I had received. And um, I said, and Heavenly Father, I I hope we get to go to Japan. Because remember, this is during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Japan borders were closed. They were not open at all. And I said, I do hope we get to go to Japan. I'd done all this studying Japanese and the words came to my mind very clearly, Paula, I wouldn't have inspired you three years ago to study Japanese if you weren't going to Japan. And it was just like such a beautiful answer because I had anxiety that I had put all this effort, sold my house, you know, got rid of my cars and then wouldn't even see a realization of being able to go on a mission to Japan. And so it was such an answer to my prayers. And I felt really, it was a beautiful experience for me. And uh, just kind of a backstory, three years prior to us being called on a mission, I was prompted one morning to start studying Japanese. We had been talking about we wanted to serve a mission. And the spirit came to me and said, you know, Paula, Uh, The reason why you don't want to go to Japan on a mission is because you don't know the language. You might want to get on that. And I was was just shocked. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So from that point on, from that three years before the mission, I started studying Japanese. I would listen to it going back and forth to work. I had about a 30-minute drive, and I would listen going back and forth to work. And so then when we got our actual call, then I actually got a teacher, and I got studying even even more intently uh, prior to going to Japan. But I had put a lot, a ton of effort into it. And I just, because of COVID, I'm just like, we're not, we're not going to be able to go. We're just going to not get to go. And so that answer to that prayer in that instant where I was in the celestial room by myself uh, for only five minutes, which rarely, rarely happens. There's always other people there. Mm -hmm. And to have that communication with the Lord was really special to me. That's amazing. I didn't realize that story. I told anyone who would ask about you, I said, you studied that language harder than I've seen anyone work on anything, period. I was so impressed at how many hours a day you dedicated to studying Japanese. That was, that's a really cool story. I didn't know that. Yeah. How, uh, how many months did you end up getting to serve in Japan? We served in Japan 12 months. So our mission was a 23-month mission, and we served 11 of those in Salt Lake City headquarters mission. And then uh, we were able to go to Japan for the last year of the mission. Oh, that's amazing. So, I'm so glad you got to go. 
It was awesome. I mean, we yeah. were, I, I was the uh, mission secretary and health advisor because I'm a nurse and my husband was the financial secretary and it was awesome experience. And at the time we were the only senior missionaries in the office. So we were kind of the do all for the president. So it wow. really was a wonderful mission. Um, but it started way before and the temple was part of that preparation. It's amazing the way the Lord puts those opportunities in our paths and prepares us for what's ahead. That's amazing. Um, I remember during my service that when you have all the patrons in the endowment session and they needed a brother and a sister to be in there and there were no families being sealed that day, then you had the temple to yourself pretty much. And I remember trying really hard to stay awake some days because it was early and I would walk around the temple, but I, I would just be in awe of the fact that I got to be in the Lord's house at all, but also it was so quiet, which every temple is quiet. We work so hard to keep it reverent, but I mean, I, that was the spot for revelation, uh, getting to be kind of having that entire house to yourself. It was, that was an amazing experience. And I will definitely always remember those thoughts of inspiration that I had, um, just enjoying the temple artwork, just getting to appreciate the temple in a way that I was always too busy before to notice, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Prior to COVID, we, we served in the baptistry, my husband mm -hmm. and I, and we were so busy. We would just, it was like juggling balls trying to make it work so that everybody could do their baptisms and the baptistry would run smoothly. And so it was just like a total change between phase two and what, what, what it was right before we went into that new phase. Then it was just a lot of time to sit and think about things and pray and contemplate and study Japanese. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the trinity of things you want to do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't study Japanese as thoroughly, uh, for sure. But um, something I kind of was thinking about when you were mentioning that heart of gratitude that you have, uh, I think patrons are always so grateful to be at the temple, but you could see how excited people were to be in the temple after so long. Just the looks on their faces as we as we did some of the ordinances, you could just you could feel how excited they were. And it kind of gave me a glimpse into probably the people whose names that we do the work for on behalf of that have passed away, how excited they are when we're able to do their work for them. And I just thought, the, the heart of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude was really the name of the game to anyone who came to the temple that they had longed to go, that you could see there was a hunger to be back there and to feel that peace. And uh, they did. All the patrons had very limited time in the celestial room to be there. We needed to clean it all up and get everything ready for the next shift. Uh, and they treasured every moment. You could tell it was it was hard for them to leave. It was really amazing. It was pretty neat. Yeah, I agree. The The opportunity to go to the temple during that time was very limited. And so um, if you got invited to go, it was something very special. You, you put all of your other things in your life to the side just so you could do that because it's, it was so rare to be able to go. Absolutely. Plus, I think for the people who were there to receive their own ordinances, the temple was kind of open for them, to be honest. Like, if they weren't there receiving their ordinances, we wouldn't have been able to have anybody come, which that would be that would be really surreal getting to go and knowing that everyone is there for you, which is the case anytime someone receives their own ordinances. But they they were the focus of that day. We talked about their names in the training meeting. We were ready for them. We knew exactly who they were and that they were just surrounded by usually it was just the families because uh, usually 
you know, you have a session that can fit a certain number of people. So you bring a certain number of guests and then other people just kind of fill in around you. But really the people who went were there with their immediate friends and family and the people that they treasured the most, I guess is the way I would think about that. And they, I remember them wanting to have people sit apart from each other, which in some ways didn't make sense. If you live with a person, you should be sharing those terms. (laughs) But eventually I got it. I think it got to that. You know, it's up to you if you don't want to, if you feel comfortable sitting next to another person, but yeah. It's very structured. Like, like we said earlier, they really did a good job making sure everybody felt comfortable. Um, Something that I, I remember very clearly was the president during one of our meetings had talked about how earlier, it was either that year or the year before president Nelson had talked about how there would be a time and we would need to make appointments with the Lord and to be able to fulfill those appointments, which, I mean, you could make appointments for receiving your own endowment, your own uh, work like that. But other than that, you just kind of came to the temple when you had the chance. And after phase two ended, I mean, during phase two, you had to have appointments. But after that, even you couldn't come to the temple without an appointment. You had to have that. And it was so neat seeing almost a literal fulfillment of that of that prophecy that President Nelson had that we needed to make actual appointments to come to the house of the Lord, but also in our hearts that we needed to fulfill and prepare ourselves to get ready to go to the temple. Uh, I always share this in my temple prep class that there are the stairs that led up to a temple in Jerusalem, and they purposely built the stairs to be uneven so that anyone who would come to the temple couldn't do it quickly or thoughtlessly. They had to really focus on each step to get to the temple safely. And I would say phase two and phase three really allowed everyone to see what the Lord really had in mind for coming to the temple that we need to be prepared to go. And of course, we're so, so grateful that if you get a free moment that people were able to come and that's part of the being prepared is having your temple recommend with you at all times and having that moment so that if you feel inspired to go, then you're just, you're ready to go and have everything you needed. It just, I felt like temple attendance after that became a lot more, um, not as, I'm trying to think of the word, not as scheduled of a thing, but just more purposeful. Does that make sense? Is that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. People, even now, that's one of the results of COVID is that now we still need an appointment to go. And so you have to set aside time in your calendar and purposely go to the temple. You know, you're ready for it and know that this is my husband and I are going to the temple tonight with our grandson to do baptisms for the dead. And we had to set that appointment a month ago, you know, because there's not appointments available where you can just jump in and go whenever you want, you know? So we, we had to prepare in advance and then you put other things to the side because this is your temple night. This is when you're going to take your grandson to the temple or that's what we're doing tonight. That's amazing. That is the correct way to do the parable of the 10 virgins and have your oil prepared (laughs) so that you can come to the house of the Lord and be there uh, on purpose and on time. And something I think we learned a lot too, especially navigating back to full capacity with masks and then later without masks and all the sanitary protocols and things like that, was um, we had to learn how to be a little bit more flexible and to make temple attendance more of a ministering experience because we would get patrons without an appointment and we could never, I kind of learned during that time, we could never outright say no to anything. We would just tell a patron, let's see what we can do to accommodate you. And I feel like temple patrons kind of got that experience to be a little bit more ministered to instead of it just running like a well-oiled machine. It was very much, 
focused on your experience as a patron. Oh, for sure. And COVID uh, during phase two, because in phase two, it was all about them. Yep. We weren't trying to run, you know, a busy baptistry. We were just, we were there for the sole purpose of helping those people receive their endowments. Yep. I, I do think all of this kind of culminated with the Lord showing us a better way to serve in the temple. And if nothing else, then everyone who got to serve during that time got to receive some pretty amazing blessings too. So it was, I'm really glad I got the chance to do it. Um, I'm glad I got the chance to do it with you. You had to listen to me a lot because uh, we had a lot of time, downtime to chat. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know any Japanese, so I wasn't as helpful. <laughs> yeah, those are, uh, do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything else that you want to share? I really appreciate you chatting with me today. No, um, it's been fun to reminisce about how it was. And and honestly, I'm glad we're not still there. <laughs> me too. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think nobody wants to go back to that, those COVID days where you were afraid you were going to get sick and die, which, you know, that was a real issue. A lot of people did die from it. It was absolutely, it was, it was frightening. You know? It was. Every day was a new, not adventure, not always for the best, but it's crazy to think that it even happened. It doesn't feel like <laughs> things feel like they're a little different now, but yeah, well, we didn't get out of the, the mask scene too quickly because in Japan, they're still wearing masks. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah that makes all sense. through the mission, anytime we were in any public place, we had to have a mask on. So Oof. that was one of the things that happened when we went on the mission to Japan. I will say, I think people got more empathetic to me uh, during COVID because a lot of my friends would say, I can't believe you wear a mask for work all day. That's horrible. And I was like, oh, thank you. I've been silently sacrificing all along. <laughs> so, I looked more impressive to people. That was nice. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much again for joining me. I really appreciate it uh, during this time and glad we were able to give you a little bit of an insight as to how the temple operated during that time. And with that, I think we're going to sign off. So have a celestial day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye.